to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back on the block. Eastrick here, my partner Jake Bakovin on the block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket FM, theticketfm.com. Joining us on the Sauter Hammond text line, or on the, I'm sorry, on the Honda a Lincoln hotline is my man and the new Jackson State University head coach, Mo Diddley, Mo Dub, Mo Love Williams is joining us on the block. Mo Williams, what's happening, man? Are you there? Man, what's going on, man? Thanks for having me. Appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, Mo, I appreciate you jumping on, man. I know it's kind of hectic. You hey, in the hey, hot hey season. hold on. That, 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 was a, that was a hell of an introduction, man. I appreciate it, my brother. <laughs> Mo, man, listen, man, you had a stellar career, man. 13 season in the NBA. I had the, the, the great opportunity to play with you for two of mine right before I closed out my uh uh, my last days there in Milwaukee, man. And I got to watch you as a young man just continue to grow and get better, ultimately leading you to be an all-star in uh, 2009 and uh, also to get you a ship, which uh, is right. a phenomenal feat, man, being there with LeBron James and that crew. So, uh, you know, with your career, man, and what you're doing now, what was it, bro, that led you back home to where you came from, where you was born, where you was raised, and ultimately you went on to play in Alabama. I, you listen, I'm a war eagle. I, I was born in Auburn, so I, I, I ain't too much Alabama time, but the tide. But nonetheless, I still love Alabama. You went over to Alabama, did your thing, led your team to the SEC regular season championship, and then you finish your career. You're teaching young players, man. You have your own team. You were raising them up in the AAU. What kind of led you after the you 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 were tired of the game, you was done with the game, to get in and to lead in the next generation of young men to 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 uh, well, fulfill their dreams? Well, you know, when you look at um, you know former athletes and athletes in general, you know we play the game, we put so much into the game and the craft that we're we're, we're trying to just get better and better at our craft every single day. And we lose sight on what we want to do after basketball. Um, but one thing I did was I knew what I wanted to do after basketball. I didn't retire. I didn't stop playing since 2016. But I started my youth program in 2008. And mm-hmm. I started in Dallas. I, I, I went and bought a gym, had a gym, one of the only players that really had a gym. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I started to bring those youth guys in and started a program. And I had over 100 kids in my program in less than a year. Um, and seven of those kids is playing in the NBA today, and, and, and a boatload of those kids are playing collegiately right now. And doing that, um, you know, just kind of started to um, broaden my paddle a little bit, and, you know, I wanted to kind of go further with it. Didn't know if I wanted to do college. Didn't, I want, didn't know if I wanted to go to the NBA and get on, get on that way. But my thing was what, what made me choose college because I was in the youth world in high school, all the way down to elementary, but talking about high school, and I I noticed, you know, a lot of those guys, talented guys that came through my program that went to college, they just didn't, um, 
things didn't materialize, you know, kind of how they planned or didn't project on what their potential was. So mm-hmm. I wanted to get in a space where I can touch those kids before they become adults. Because mm. when you leave college, you in real life, you know, and at the end of yeah. the day, I always ask my kids when they, um, when they struggling or they stressing or they going through this thing in college and things like that, I always ask them one thing, how many bills you paying? And they mm. always answer, none. Say, hey, man, ain't much to stress about because real life gonna hit you. You're gonna you're gonna have enough thing to stress about. And college is 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 the the, the breaking point of where a kid can go left or right. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, it's definitely um, something I love to do as far as coaching. Um, but the most important part is the development of life skills that we've learned. You know, through the course of basketball, basketball has taught me everything that I know as far as living life, you know, being disciplined, right, accountability, right, all those yeah. things, um, and borderlizes, and, 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 and you know, who you are as a man, and, and your character is your most important thing, you know, what you do on an everyday basis. And one thing I tell them all the time is, you know, and this is my mantra is, you know, the most important thing always has to be the most important thing. And that mm. goes to say, hey, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? And if it's something you want to be, hey, coach, 10 times out of 10, you ask a kid, what do you want to do? Coach, I want to be a pro. And they strict. They don't know how hard that is. Right, they right. They don't know how impossible that is. And mm-hmm. they don't know what you have to do and what it takes to get there. Get there. And mm-hmm. I always tell them, if that's the most important thing to you, it has to always be the most important thing. The most important thing has to be the most important thing. So when you live in a college life, you're talking about college kids, when you riding in the car with, with, with guys who have drugs or or, mm. or, or a mm. weapon or you're going to parties and you have uh, um, young ladies around you and you're in a situation where, you know, uh, something can materialize in a way that can mess your whole career up, those situations is, guess what? If being a most important thing to you, those things right there should never happen because nothing shouldn't affect the bottom line. Come on. Come Everything on. you do, you know, that's everywhere right. you walk, and that's a every day. Every day, the most important thing always has to be the most important thing, and that's how I came up. I wanted to yeah. be a professional athlete. I knew what I wanted to do. And nothing was going to deter me from that. Drugs weren't going That's to deter good. me from that. Alcohol That's wasn't good. going to deter me from that. You know, uh, getting into a situation of a domestic violence situation that slanders my character, that's not going to stop what I'm trying to do because the most important thing to me was being a professional athlete and changing my life and my family life because I knew I had a gift to do that and I wasn't going to do anything to send me to left. You know, so for me, um, being in the position that I am and being a role model to these guys, I still walk that same line because I want to show them how to be a professional, how a professional talk, how a professional moves, right? Mm. Understanding after basketball, right, you're going to be in a position where, guess what, if you have the mindset to be a champion, and that's what, and I always talk about championship mindset. And a championship mindset doesn't go with, I just want to win a championship. No. Championship mindset is all the little 
right? It's a lifestyle. Because if you have a championship mindset, I don't have mm-hmm. to worry about you going to class. I don't have to worry about you going to study hall. Worry about you being a good teammate. I don't have to worry about you diving on the floor for a loose ball. I don't have to worry about you taking the charge. I don't have to worry about those things because you have a championship mindset. So the most important thing is getting these guys to understand what's most important. Listen, hey, listen. If I had eligibility, I'd be on my way down to Jackson State right now. The way I heard that, that's that's the type of information I want to hear when you sit in my living room talking to my dad. Go ahead, Bob. Bob got a question for you. Yeah, this is uh, Mo Williams is here with us, the Jacksonville or Jackson State head coach, former NBA All Star and NBA champion. Uh, I did want to ask you about your your move as you get involved in coaching now. Uh, you, it seems like you, you're doing it from your home, right? I mean, you went back to Alabama State, now making this move to Jackson State, your your hometown. Uh, what kind of played into that decision as uh, as you just kind of had things starting to brew over there at Alabama State? Well, absolutely. I had a good thing going at uh, Alabama State. I had everybody coming back, and we was poised to uh, be top in preseason in the league, um, but. I'm from Jackson State. My dad went to Jackson State. My mom went to Jackson State. My parents met at Jackson State. Wow. Uh, my mom graduated in 81 from Jackson State. I was born in 82. My little brother graduated from Jackson State. I've been going to Jackson State um, um, sports events since I've been a little kid. Um, so that, that Jackson State has always been in my blood. Even when I was a professional athlete, I've always donated and did things um, for Jackson State. Um, strict no, I had a gym in Dallas. When I took the, um, got into college coaching, um, when I moved to L.A., I sent all my gym, my gold, my floor, all that to Jackson State. And I was going to another school. So I've always supported Jackson State. Um, and it's home, right? And when I was at Alabama State and the, and the coach, um, Wayne Brent, that was the head coach that just recently retired, you know, it was it came about. You know, it was nothing. Nothing in the works, was nothing planned, and it just happened. And, um, you know, God just, you know, always has a plan. Uh, and when it came about, you know, and, and, and the opportunity was there, um, it, it was a no-brainer. And the athletic director here um, is one of my really good friends, Ashley Robinson, has done a great job. Um, we actually played high school ball. We were high school teammates. Um, so just the, just the family environment, just being home with the support, um, I mean, it was just a, it was a no-brainer. Listen, Mo, um, I, I, I love what you're doing, man. You're going to get a chance to work with, uh, you know, in, in the same uh, atmosphere y'all are doing and raising the bar at HBCUs right now. But let's let's go back to your career, man, because you got drafted in the second round. I'm sure that was a disappointment for you uh, because Absolutely. of what you – you know, absolutely. And so you find yourself with the Utah Jazz. You found yourself in a system that um, is, is very systematic with the way that they handle their business. They, they, they approach the game in such a systematic way. And how did you feel uh, your mentality uh, changed from just saying, I'm here to I'm going to be an all-star? What did, what, what did, what did that look like and how did your focus shift from just being there and, and your motivations to, to becoming ultimately an all-star? Well, I, I always had that mentality, right? I always had a chip on my shoulder, and it just grew on um, draft night. You know, I was projected to be a top 15 pick. We all know about the mock drafts beforehand. It, it, I was a top 15 pick. I came out, out of, after my sophomore year. 
So nothing can tell me I wasn't going in the first round. And it's, it's funny um, how it happened because I worked out for 17 teams, you know, um, mm-hmm. coming out the draft. And Utah wasn't one of those teams. Wow. And out of the 17 teams I worked out for, none of those teams drafted me and Utah drafted me. So I was going to just foreign land. Never been to Utah, never been that far from, from Mississippi. Um, you know, just going to a place where I just knew nothing about. And in hindsight, that was the best place in the world I could have went. Um, their systematic uh, program and Jerry Sloan, rest in peace, he was there at the time. Phil Johnson was there at the time. And those guys ran it like a college program. Uh-huh. And for me to go from a college program running, it, it, it was just a blessing. Because mm-hmm. if you know straight, they run that, that UCLA Fast. guard cut type offense. Yep. Yep. Systematic. Systematic. The same exact offense I ran in college. So I just fit in right away. And I came in at, on the depth chart. I was the third point guard. They had Carlos Arroyo at the time. And the year before they drafted me, they drafted Rayo Lopez. So those were mm-hmm. the guards. And Jerry just had, he just took a liking to me and loved me and just gave me opportunities. And my first, my my uh, I would say freshman, my rookie year, I played in fifty-seven games. You know, yeah. average six, seven points, and that led to the opportunity um, to go to Milwaukee, where I played with, with with you. And my second year, and fortunately for myself, um, and unfortunately for my good friend T.J. Ford, he had the spinal injury, injury. and missed the whole yep. season. So I had the yep. opportunity to start my second year out of college. Um, um, I started every single game and ended up averaging 10.6 assists and just kind of getting my feet wet. Now I'm competing against all the starting guards in the league. That was my moment when I said, guess what? Man, I can, I can really play I with can these guys. Mm-hmm. I can do really, this. I can really – so that summer I started to just build and work and work and work and get better knowing the ball was going to be in my hands and things like that. And it just kind of took off from there. Every year I got better. The next year I averaged 13. The next year I averaged 17. And all of a sudden, you know, two years later I was an all-star. And let's let's transition into that because uh, obviously uh, a lot of that a lot of what you're known for at least for some of the younger viewers out there is uh, your your time with LeBron and in, in Cleveland where you guys made the, the the title run and you had that All Star appearance. What was it like? I mean, the pressure had to, to kind of creep up on you because there's certain like you know obviously you were you were kind of making your name and making your your way um, at other places, but once you got to Cleveland, like you were you were like you know uh, you know Batman, yeah, Robin, you were Robin to Batman, which which, is, which was expected to be the greatest of all time. So, I mean, a lot of pressure, a lot of eyes on you in that scenario. Um, how, you know, were you prepared for that right when you got to Cleveland, or did it take some time to kind of adjust to it? The stats would say I was, but I wasn't mature enough, and I wasn't mm-hmm. ready, right? I look back on that as I got older, as I started to play more years, got to my 19th year, when I started hitting my prime, like eight year. When I got there, I was really good. I was still young, and I was still learning, and I was still developing. And I still had, you know, good seasons. But at the time when I got to Cleveland, I I really should have been that third-type option for us to be a championship team. We was really good. Don't get me wrong. We had the best um, um, uh, record in the league. But when we got to the playoffs, I just didn't show up. You know, I had mm-hmm. good stats when you go look at it. But at the same time, when you know the game, 
you know that I could have did more, more more when I go back and look at it. So I'm hard on myself. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, uh, I wish I could have that time back, right? I wish I could go back and just do that over um, because I felt like I could have been better be- from, from the experience I gained, you know, after that. And it was a blessing for me to go back in 2016 and win a championship with those guys. And going back to, you know, fast forward into 2016, going back where I was mature. Um, I mean, I'm in my 13th year in the league. And people don't remember, Kyrie missed the whole first half of the season that year we won the championship. And I started every game and averaging probably about 14, 15, you know, six, seven assists, you know, and, and had the opportunity in the finals um, to have a, a, a part in winning that. Um, but just the, the maturation of a player, and, and Strick, you know what I mean, just the older you get, you, you understand that it just slows down to you down to a you. point mm-hmm. where where you just effective in a way. It ain't about the stats at that point. It's just about the IQ of the game, knowing what to do and where to go, what spots to be at, you know, just taking your time. And just my first um, go around in Cleveland, I would just all go. I would just all go. You know, um, just just the preparation, you know, just the training, um, the strength and conditioning, how I'm eating, all those things change after that. You know, I was just mm-hmm. kind of a few years, few years, you know, you know, too late. And Braun had already left and went to Miami and started winning some championships. And I also want to want to point this out too because I know you're in your coaching days and and we're talking about your playing days here. You're just 39, um, and you were very adept at one on one. Could you still probably uh, beat a lot of your Jackson State players one on one? I think you still got some ball in you. <laughs> you give them that work. Well, well, well first, first of all, you said a lot. I could beat all of them. First of all. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> No, I, I, I still, I still got it. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not playing five on five with them. But I'm, I, when you want to shoot and want to play, you know, some one, I'm not losing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Man, listen, Mo, I thank you for your time, man. We're we're looking forward to seeing and also checking back in with you, man, as we get into the, you know, maybe in the summer or into the next season, just to see how things are progressing with you down there, man. And we want you to be successful. Thank you for joining us on the block, man, and taking your time out of your busy schedule. I know you got some recruits in town as well. And uh, we really yep. appreciate you, man. All right. Well, before I go, Strick, I don't know if they talking about you on there, but uh, y'all don't know Strick. Hey, listen, that's a bad boy on this, on, 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 on this, on this line with me now. He's just giving you your flowers right now, big dog. I love you, man. I appreciate you, man, from my heart. And uh, I'll stay in touch with you, man, and just check in with you. I'll maybe try to get down there and check a game out, man. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you a you text and let to. you know I'm on my way to Mississippi, my boy. Appreciate it, man. You, you guys have a good one, man. <laughs> All right. That's Mo, that's, Mo, that's Mo Williams, Mo Dub, Mo Love. He joined us on the block. We got to take a break. We'll come back. We're hitting hardwood with Strick when we get back after this on the block.